You're listening to Coding Blocks, Episode 5. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and more using your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit us at CodingBlocks.net where you can find show notes, examples, discussions, and more. And send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at CodingBlocks.net. And with that, welcome to Coding Blocks. I'm Joe Zach. I'm Michael Outlaw. And I'm Alan Underwood. And today we will be talking about what we still don't understand about open source licensing. So it's going to be a big show. I think so. <laughs> so uh, first of all, um, we wanted to give uh, a disclaimer here. So we are not by any means legal counsel and we huh? cannot <laughs> and will not be held liable for any information provided in this podcast. So uh, please seek legal advice and talk to an attorney or um, your weird uncle before making any financial decisions on your own project and the information provided in this podcast is meant to be a starting point for understanding that there is more out there to open source than just free so you're saying that they should take our advice <laughs> yeah yeah not okay. so much oh what all right so that was a premeditated statement yeah. except for the part about the weird uncle i don't know where that came from <laughs> is, that, is that your past speaking now <laughs> all right so uh getting into this let's talk about just some of the general categories that licenses fall under so you have commercial use, which basically means, you know, you plan on selling the product. You have can be modified, can be distributed, can be loved, sub-licensed, and can be used for private use. Um, and then there's also whether you can be held liable or not for code that you help distribute. So all there, there are a ton of licenses out there, but we're going to hit on the most common ones. Uh, and the first one that I believe is the absolute most common on the internet is the GPL license. Is that because it's a virus? Uh, it might be considered that, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely viral. Yeah, so I, in, in the most basic terms, now there's multiple versions of the GPL. There's one, two, three. I think three is the most the the most recent one. There's the LGPL. There's the LGPL, and we'll get into the differences and the similarities of that in just a minute. But it, in its most basic form, the GPL basically says you can use the software provided. Let's say that you get it from GitHub, and it's it's licensed under the GPL. You can get that code, but if you make any changes to it whatsoever, then you are basically obligated to provide that back to the community to use. So... Any changes you make whatsoever, you have to give back. It's basically forcing you to contribute to the community, yes. to the open source community. Yeah, basically you got free use of this stuff, and and you got all the benefit of all the hard work of everybody else who did this. So now you need to provide your hardware back so that other people can benefit from that as well. Yeah, but uh, just to point out, it's not just changes. Like If you distribute my, my code at all, then you need to release what you've got too. So if you if I've got like a math library or, you know, um, grep or some utility or something that was released, uh, not the grep was, but some utility that was released under GPL and you want to release that even as is without modifications then you need to, to, um, release your code under that license as well. And that's why, uh, it's often referred to as, um, the term copy left or, um, referred to as being viral because it's license can kind of eat your license. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we'll get into more of that in a little bit, but even the MIT license, which is a little bit more open, they say if you use it in conjunction with the GPL, you have to release your software under the GPL. So, But that's where, uh, so the, the description that Joe just gave, that's where the LGPL comes in, yeah. right, to, to lessen that effect. 
Yeah, it's a little bit less strict. And, and what that does is it lets you link to the GPL code, the LGPL code, without necessarily releasing your code as GPL. So it's a little bit more permissive. Right. Um, and the, I've got a great example here. I, I've worked with the EXTJS library in the past. is now owned by Sencha. And actually on their licensing open source fact page, they have some pretty good rules that will help you identify what it actually means to make a change. So here's where they say the following are examples of modifications. If you modify an EXT JavaScript, Java, or CSS source file that they provided, then you've modified it. That's pretty straightforward. Well, here's where it gets a little bit hairier. If you extend an EXT class or override any EXT functions or methods, you've now modified that code. Even though it could have been your very own JavaScript file, you wrote it, but you basically were leveraging some part of that EXTJS framework, you've modified it. You now need to provide that back to the community. And then um, if you modify any EXT API, then again, you are extending or touching existing code that you now need to provide back to the community. Now it says the following are not modifications. And this is where it this is where there's a lot of gray area in the GPL. Listen to this. Creating a new theme in a new CSS file. It says you don't have to contribute that back. But if you touch any of the JavaScript, you do. So that's really that's really hairy to me. Um creating or applying a locale or language pack, that's not considered a modification. Or overriding property defaults on class prototypes. That's configuration. So they're saying you don't have to provide that back. So, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those gray areas. And and one of the reasons I bring up EXTJS is because at a previous place, uh, we ended up programming with that. And we ended up having to get the legal team involved because they started looking at it. And we were only providing this application to our internal customers. There was nobody on the Internet going to see this. This was only for internal business. And and they ended up going back and forth and talking with the legal team over at, at Cincha as well. But the really great area of this is is this right here. GPL is generally considered when you are distributing your code to another place or you're giving your code to somebody else. You have to make all your code available. Or if you're if you're packaging up an application and giving it, then you have to open your code, right? What does that mean in terms of HTML and JavaScript? Which are all things that are technically they're, viewable. They're distributed by their nature. Distributed. They're, but Their but nature you, of their use, they're, they're, they're distributed. But you're not selling an application. You're just serving up a web page. And this is where it all gets really But you're really still distributing great. to people, to additional people, though. Right. Or, you know, other additional computers. So, so if anybody views your application, that, 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 I guess that's why this is this What if is it's computer a, to computer? Good it's question. Nasty. Right. And that's still that, distributed. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, so pretty much I, the safe. I think the takeaway from this is, is the safe way to think about this is if you modify it, and anybody's going to use it other than you, pretty much you're bound by the terms of having to copy your code back into an open community to where they can do what they want with it, right? Or getting sued. Or getting sued. And and there's there's several precedences of court cases where you know this kind of stuff has happened. So uh, just something to be aware of. So moving on to one. <laughs> so as a general rule of thumb, though, you should probably stay away from anything as GPL unless you have express express uh, consent already has been given to you within your organization to use it. 
Yeah. Or if you're doing your own project, by all means, you can probably do whatever you want. Right. But if you're actually doing something for a client or a business, uh, you need to be careful because they probably don't want to give up all their, their business secrets in code, you know? Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a big deal. So then the next one that's also extremely popular that we're going to discuss is the MIT license. And that pretty much states you can do whatever you want and you're not held liable. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, this would be a good point, time to point out some of the code samples that we provided on our site. We've provided as a under an MIT license. I mean, if we had to give one, we thought that would be the one to give. Yeah, and uh, another thing to mention about um, the MIT license is that uh, you actually have to include attribution as well. Um, yeah, so. which which is huge because, I mean, if you write some code or if we write some code and we provide it to you guys for sample or for you to understand concepts, if that starts floating around, you know, we kind of want to get credit for taking the time because it does take a lot of time to sit down and write code. So I, MIT is a very flexible license that that pretty much you can just use however you want and not have to worry about any particular consequences, right? Generally speaking, that's what it seems to be. So, uh, you know, a, a big one under the MIT license would be jQuery. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, jQuery is huge. I believe, I can't remember. Uh, uh, where's another one? Uh, jQuery Rails uses the MIT license. There's actually quite a few uh, pretty big ones. Uh, Dojo, Dojo Toolkit also uses the MIT and it uses the AFL. But um, both of them, both, both of those are extremely liberal licenses. Yeah, so that's a that's a prime example there of like uh, you know, you're allowed to use it mm-hmm. in your in your application. They just want the attribution back to them, and that, that's yep. fine. And you can right. extend it as much as you want, and you never have to give anything back to the community. And, and if it breaks your system, they're not responsible for it. It's on you. Right. You figure out what to do with you, it. Use at your own risk. Yep. yep. And if you actually look at the top of any jQuery file, you can see a, a mention of the license right there. Oh, pretty cool. And another thing to point out is that was specifically with JavaScript uh, files, you are literally distributing the source code um, to every person that downloads that file. Yep. Um, and so then along the same vein, another extremely popular license in, in the open source community is the Apache license. And again, there's multiple versions of this as well. Right now they're on the Apache 2.0. But essentially this is similar to MIT in that you can pretty much do whatever you want except – there are explicit uh, grants, um, basically, or, or, or there's explicit rights granted to you for patents and any kind of, any well, kind of. Uh, what well, it provides an express grant of patent rights. There you go. Is the, is the difference here? So, um, you know, e- e- even talking amongst ourselves, we had to talk through this one. So, the, uh, so not only are you giving the attribution, but any patent that you have as as a patent holder, you're allowing others to use your patented uh, solution uh, under this license, but um, you still you still maintain the patent for it, right? So they can't claim it as theirs. Yeah, and it, I think it's a little bit easier to understand this one kind of backwards. Imagine if this clause wasn't there. And I submitted, um, you know, some some information that I had patented into some source code, and other people started using it. I could either a sue them, or b I could not sue them, and then later lose my rights to sue someone else who's using it because I I didn't sue, you know, the 
the people using that source code. So it, it's a definitely a sticky subject, and licensing is gross enough without diving into to patents, really. So we won't be talking too much about that. But <laughs> it's been quite the uh, topic of conversation in the recent years here with all the, uh, you know, the trolls, the patent trolls out there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but it, uh, also again, like MIT, though, you actually do have to retain all attribution and all that that information that is in the original source that has to be passed along. So if you redistribute it modified or whatever that has to go along with it but um you know again another very popular uh open source license so there's also another one that joe can probably explain a little bit better this is the uh, all rights reserved yeah i mean that's actually uh, the default one so if you have a blog or you put some code up there on github without actually uh, placing an explicit license then it defaults back to all rights reserved which means that the owner, the the person who wrote that code or, or text or anything really, uh, can at any any time come and um, you know do whatever they want. They can enforce whatever rights they want on that. So if you pick up some random project from GitHub and start using it, then you run the risk of one day having that person come knocking on your door. And uh, also, um, one thing we've been talking about a little bit um, now that the we've been getting some traction on the the podcast, we've actually released to iTunes now. And uh, we desperately need re-reviews. Is uh, we've been talking a little bit about switching over to a different license, um, the beerware license, <laughs> and that one um, it, it's pretty lax. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read it here. But um, it it basically states as long as you retain this notice, you can do whatever you want with the stuff. And if we meet someday, and you think this stuff is worth it, you can buy me a beer in return, <laughs> or two. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's just a that should be like a more widely used license than what it is. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Um, and uh, we also, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably might have stumbled across a site called Stack Overflow. Possibly, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe. What was it again? <laughs> right. Um. So they happen to use a Creative Commons license, and Joe did some reading on this one as well. That was pretty interesting and they specifically chose this for some good reasons yeah um when stack overflow kind of first came out they were targeting a couple of sites that you know question and answer sites that that um actually own the rights to any content that was provided and so if someone you know asked a question or, or answered a question that material belonged to the company and then um you know specifically experts exchange um you know, accepted a bunch of questions and answers from people and then turned around and put up a paywall. And so um, Jeff Atwood and, and Joel Spolsky, when they were working on the site, they wanted to specifically prevent that sort of thing from happening. And they wanted to keep people's information uh, usable. So they released a, a license for the actual content. It was wrong. All content written and uh, submitted to Stack Overflow is actually placed under Community Commons license. And what that means is... It's a generally permissive license, so you can, you know, read it, you can share it, you can do uh, just about anything that's not commercial with it. So you couldn't publish a book and charge money for, um, you know, the top 10 funniest questions on Stack Overflow, but you could write a blog post or, you know, maybe distribute a free PDF with that information. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool how they actually made sure that us as developers can use that information and basically all we have to do is provide 
you know, a link back to where you provided or where you got that information. So pretty awesome. Now, one thing I do want to cover real quickly with these ones that we just mentioned, and there are way more. I mean, th these are just the hot ones, um, is that they all have their own governing rules. Like some of them will say explicitly that you need to create a license.txt file and include in your project. Others will say that you just need to put, you know, um, lines at the top of the source code files that are provided. So uh, being that, you know, if you are looking at these things, make sure you do look through what these specify that you actually have to do when using them in your project. These are just brief overviews. Yeah, and I should have mentioned for Stack Overflow specifically, if you grab some code and use it off Stack Overflow, it requires attribution. So uh, actually on a, a, a project I work on, ColorMine, I did grab some, some code from Stack Overflow, and I do have a link to the question and the person who actually um, wrote the code that I ended up using. Yeah, so uh, again, I mean, there's, there's tons of rules revolving around these things, but just being aware of them is probably the most important thing there is and kind of knowing what you're getting into by picking up one of these libraries. And uh, it, I mentioned DXTJS. I'll go back to that real quick. Uh, they do have the GPL license, which means that, you know, anything that you change, you have to give back to them. They also have a commercial license, and you're seeing a lot more companies do that nowadays, offering dual licensing so that, hey, if if you just want to benefit from what, what we provide publicly for free, fine, but you're going to have to put your code back in here. If you want to pay for it and use it and not have to worry about anything, you, you got that option too. As if one license wasn't confusing enough. There's also stuff like, you know, MySQL has a community edition and like a pro version. And in, the pro version includes the community version and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a mess nowadays. And uh, one last thing. Open source does not mean free. And free does not necessarily mean open source. Like they, they're two two different things that I think a lot of people typically blur. All right. So just be aware of that. So uh with that, what about some some when when licensing goes bad? Yeah. You know, when when, when things go sideways and, and they go wrong, uh what kind of what kind of stories might there be out there? Oh, so what's the hot one right now? Oh, so I'm sure if, uh, you know, you've been out there shopping around for your insurance coming around, you've uh, been a big fan of healthcare.gov. If not, you probably at least heard about it. I mean, you might be one of the six people that had registered on the first day. that <laughs> <laughs> um, They they uh, were dinged with uh, their use of data table, a data tables plugin uh, for jQuery and uh, neglected to include the copyright information. So that attribution that we've been talking about here, they, they didn't do it and they got dinged for it. Yeah. And I mean, this is a fairly minor slap on the wrist, but I mean, I guess just with all the problems they've been having, this was just adding to the pile. Right. Yep. Another example I like is uh, actually TiVo. If you remember those guys, they had uh, kind of like a um, digital um, video recording device, similar to like a DVR. But uh, they actually got uh, in a lot of trouble a couple of years ago because someone figured out that they were um, distributing GPL code and um, they were in violation of the license. And uh, what they ended up doing was actually just going ahead and releasing the source for their, their box. <laughs> Which, depending on what your company is, I mean, like having to like give out all that intellectual property like that, uh, you know, r rather, than, rather than paying out, could be a huge. Imagine uh, Google search, you know. your company. Yeah. 
I mean, so uh, speaking of having to pay out, so Skype, several years ago, they actually tried to create a VOIP phone that they were going to sell that was being distributed with Linux. And essentially, because of the open source license with Linux being GPL and, and them not providing the source code that they wrote, they got sued by, you know, a third party. And essentially, just to make it go away, they ended up settling out of court. So... You know, there's an example of actually losing to the open source license. Well, as uh, as we were researching this, though, uh, didn't you find a story where it was saying like most of the licensing issues happened because it was uh, within hard with it, it was hardware. Yeah, right? it's with uh, embedded systems, and it seemed that Linux was at the heart of a lot of these because a lot of Linux is written with you know GPL software or you know whatever the case is. But essentially, if there's one. Oh, we failed. We need to go back real quick. So the difference between GPL and LGPL, I think this is important to know, is uh, so with GPL, Joe, you want to explain the hard link versus the uh, the soft links? Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, it basically has to do with um, like static and dynamic linking. So if if you've got a program that's GPL code, um, I could actually run that from, say, something that's MIT licensed or even pr- proprietary, get the output of it, and and I'm fine. Um, oh, sorry. If that if that code is LGPL, GPL not so much. Yeah. So. so with the GPL, essentially what he's saying is, if you have like a bunch of third party libraries all all tied together making your program run, if one of them is GPL, basically you have to open source the code for all the ones that you've got. Whereas with the LGPL, it says, okay, okay, we understand that you're using other code that has different licenses, you know we won't force you to open source that stuff. So these things that are happening with these embedded systems that are using GPL software, anything that they wrote custom that they supplied with that device or whatever, basically the, you know, somebody came after them and said, Hey, we want to see the source code for this. And because you use GPL software, we should be able to see it. And then I thought outlaw was going to hit on this a second ago, but here's the interesting thing. It's not typically the companies that wrote that software that are griping and complaining about this. It's third-party um, people <laughs> and software founders. Or competitors. Or competitors <laughs> that want to see your practices. Uh, what was it? The uh, Free Software Foundation is yep. one of the big ones that goes after a lot of these companies to either get money out of them or to make sure that they that they open up the code. So it's pretty interesting. It may not even be the person who wrote the code trying to do it, and in most cases it's not. Well, the Free Software Foundation, I think they're doing it just for compliance, right? They're not necessarily going at the, just for money. They've got, they've got like a political agenda. Like they want all software to be free, and, and they are defending the rights of those GPL holders. Yeah. So uh, that's all pretty interesting. Well, I, I guess what I was saying, though, is that I didn't want to like phrase that as they're suing. Just oh, right, 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 oh yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Right, yeah, they're, they're doing it for a greater good is the intent. They definitely have a cause, yeah. Right. Yeah. And actually, um, speaking of, you know, um, some of the issues, I actually found a really nice ABE testing tool that I liked, and uh, it was open source. Um, the code was all up on the internet, and uh, there was no license. So I actually wrote the author and, and asked him about it, and he he responded a, c- a couple weeks later saying, hey, yeah, sure, use it, but still didn't uh, especially provide a license. So I was not able to use it because just him saying okay in an email doesn't give me you know the the actual right to use that software. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. 
Uh, one of you guys also had a uh, Security Now thing that you wanted to say that was pretty interesting. Yeah, actually, on episode 434 of Security Now, um, they, they mentioned that there's this, this organization, One Billion X, that is going through all their old uh, episodes and actually translating them to sign language, uh, creating videos. And they could do that without Security Now's podcast's permission because their podcasts are all released under Creative Commons. Which means that this this organization, One Billion X, can't sell this stuff, but they can release it for free. They don't need to ask, and uh, it just requires well, they can contribution. Make a, they're making a derivative work of it as well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so, pretty cool. And I, th- I think they said that like all of the Twit shows were uh, licensed under that, including the Security Now. Yeah, interesting. That's well, pretty cool. And what's what about your color mine thing here? Uh, that was similar to the other story I told about where uh, um, when I first started color mine, actually someone wrote me an email and was like, "Hey, I'd like to use this, but I can't until you pick a license." So I ended up going MIT. Oh, cool. Hmm. So, what happens when if I want to change my license though? You can like do I've, it. I've picked one. Like maybe maybe I, maybe I what if I picked wrong? What if I picked what if I picked GPL and I'm like, you know what? That's just way too much. I'm getting too much complaints. About people where well, they want to use my stuff, but then they gotta, you know, give their stuff away. So I want to change to MIT. What? What then? So it's really weird. Um, you are the copyright holder, so you you absolutely can do that. You can change your mind at any time. And you know, if you went from GPL to something else, um, you know, I'm assuming that something else is going to be more permissive. So that's not such a big deal. But what is a big deal if you go from say, if you try to go from say, Creative Commons or public domain or MIT license to GPL? And then you could potentially, you know, you could try to go around and, and sue people that were using your code. But the good news um, for the, the people that got your code while it was under a more permissive license is they can um, claim or maybe try to prove that they got your code when it was under the more permissive license. And they don't lose the right to that just because you changed the license. Now, anyone who downloads it from now on has to consent to your newer license. But Yeah. Um, so... So does that apply? Well, uh, I mean, this might be more legal question. Does that apply? Like, that's easy to understand if 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 you went from one version of code to the second version of code. Yep. But what if you stayed on the same version of code and literally the only thing that changed is the license? They they somebody'd have to have the burden of proof, right? Yeah, I think it is a legal issue at that point. And yeah. and how would you ever prove it? I mean, what you just said about changing versions—that's what EXT did when they went from version two to three. They changed licenses. It's it's cut and dry. I mean, if you have this version of the code base, it's pretty easy to see that it's a newer version. And so that license follows. So I would imagine if, like, yeah, you made no changes to the code, but you just wanted to flip the license, how are you going to prove it? You know? Yep. I think the answer there is, uh, you know, it's a bad answer, but don't do it. <laughs> or 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 version your code. Well, change it, right? Just understand. Adeline. I, I, yeah. Uh, change, changing the license with a new version seems to be the easiest way to go absolutely where you can absolutely prove that this version was never released under uh you know the the more permissive uh license so i mean what's the worst that could happen anyway like what if i violated the gpl you can be sued sued and you can lose money or you can have to provide your your source code which could you know basically give away all your all your secrets yeah, I guess if you're using GPL code, you've you've agreed by using that software to release that software. So if you don't do that, you're in violation of the license, and they can come after you. 
And what we've seen in a lot of these cases, you know, TiVo went ahead and open sourced their stuff. Other people have settled out of court. Um, I haven't actually seen any court cases that, you know, ended up just assigning monetary damages. Now, here here's a thought for you. I don't know if you guys have thought about something like this. And again, this might be a, a better question for a lawyer. Let's say you're using a GPL image creation software. You create some image. <laughs> what license does the image fall under? Interesting. Well, you're not distributing the software, so I think you'd be all right. Um, but I do, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, because the file, like assuming it had some kind of file format, like oh. like a p uh, uh, like, like a, a PSD does for you know Photoshop, right? Like how how does that fall under? I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, you can also use uh you know I mean you can use proprietary tools to generate stuff too, and you own a single user license. Oh, um, there you are spreading out that image. Real quick, uh, you said that you weren't aware of any where damages had been awarded. Apparently, there was a uh, a company called BusyBox. Had, oh yeah, had basically leveraged a uh, uh, or had put a lawsuit against Westinghouse Digital Electronics in 2010, and the ruling went to BusyBox, and damages were awarded. So there has been a precedent set. It's not as common. It typically seems that it is either they open source the software, or I mean, uh, open the code base on the software, or they settle out of court. But there was a particular case where damages were awarded. I assume we're talking lots of zeros. I don't know what the number is, but um, so yeah, worst case scenario. I mean, it, it can be bad, and you know, I do want to point out real quick, like. It sounds like we're making GPL out to be a little bit evil. Really, it's not, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to know what you're getting, right? You're getting free software. So if you're willing to take on the responsibility that you've got to provide back to it, you know, it's not evil. But if you go into it without knowing that, then it could certainly feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you absolutely got to understand what you're getting into. And, and again, like I said before, you know, it's all about the community. It's all about contributing back to the community. Yes. So as long as you know that you're, you know, you're giving back to the community, then that's 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 what makes it so great is because it, you, you know, you are obligated to give back to the community. But understand that you are giving back. To the community. You're giving it all back to the community. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what about this? Are emails licensed? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. So if I write a blog entry and, uh, you know, it's all rights reserved, does that mean it's something that I email to someone else is also has a license? It's got a copyright. I would well, think. wasn't it like that? Uh, I'd always heard like, you know, back when I guess you'd use more snail mail to do stuff that just mailing something to yourself was a copyright. Like if you if you created something, you could mail it to yourself as a as, as a way to make sure it was copyrighted and protected, just mail it to yourself, but never open it. Interesting. Then that established your copyright, but but doesn't really have anything to do with licensing at that point. And again, we're not lawyers, so don't, yeah, 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 don't try this at home. <laughs> we're not endorsing this. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna mail yourself a hard drive. It's right there. <laughs> uh, we've seen a couple court cases. Um, was it the um, the oatmeal guy was being sued? And, and, um, I, you know, I, I wonder about it because if that, you know, someone writes an email to someone else and that someone else publishes that email, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so next on the list, we have, 
How do we find out if I violated any licenses? I guess wait for the court summons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one's not so much for a, for an. So if you haven't person. been sued yet, yeah. <laughs> you probably would have been sued by now. Uh, but uh, there are actually tools out there for for going through looking for code and looking for common programs. But uh, that was just kind of one for like an organization. Like if you're uh, you know the president of some big company one day and you wake up and you're like, oh crap, you know what? I bet there's some GPL or I bet there's some Stack Overflow uh, code in here without attribution. Uh, how do you figure that out? And there are some tools out there, but really, I mean, it's it's impossible to to have a tool that would find every violation. Hmm. All right, so uh, so how do you license stuff anyway? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> how do I license my stuff, yo? So there, uh, you know, when we were doing some research for this, uh, for this episode and, and even, even before we were doing this episode, going, going back when we, uh, were first putting, putting out some coding examples on our own, uh, on our own site and deciding like, okay, what kind of license do we want to use? We found this great resource, uh, tldrlegal.com. Uh, and if that's too short, it would be a uh, too long, didn't read legal, mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great resource. I, I, I really liked it for being able to, if you wanted to pick and choose among the many licenses that are out there and, but the way you want to pick and choose is you want to be able to pick the things that are important to you in your license and the things that aren't important to you and the things that you absolutely don't want. Like it's a great way, uh, to, to be able to, uh, pick and choose through a license. So I, I really liked that one. So again, that that's TL drlegal.com yeah it, and it's really kind of cool because i mean it, it's like a, a quick filter is what it boils down to it's pretty awesome yeah it's like guided navigation for uh the legal system yeah oh um, we didn't really answer the question though so uh, you know if how do i license my code how do i apply a license to my code i thought it was like how do i pick license okay uh, I'm how sorry. Do you apply? no you pretty much just you follow whatever the format is, right? Like if you go to MIT and they tell you you have to create a license dot text, then you say, "Hey, this is all, you know, licensed under the MIT license." That's pretty much it. It can be pretty simple, it, but it all boils down to each individual uh, open source license that you're looking at. So they all have their various different rules, and you really just have to follow them and include the uh, the verbiage that they say. You know, this is licensed under the GPL three, or this is licensed under MIT. And then follow the the recommend or not? I, I don't even know those recommendations. Follow the requirements they give you. Yeah. And actually, um, one of my favorite questions is, um, can I just write my own license? And what exactly can I write in my own license? Like, could I, you know, write come up with a license that says, um, you know, using this software um, gives me rights to ten percent of your income for the rest of your life. Like, can I do that and hope that there's some sucker out there that does it? I would think so if you have the legalese in place. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that would hold up in court, but yeah, that that that's going to be your. I think I, I think our our beerware might be in trouble there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your honor, he owes me a beer. He saw me. Yeah, <laughs> he saw me. Yeah, but you know, uh, a lot of the licenses we've been talking about here, though, have been under the context of. Uh, you know, applying the license within the code itself, right? We haven't even, I don't think we've given one example yet of all the 
uh, EULAs that we don't read, we just agree to. Mm. And that's a great place of like, when I've you, never done that. When you ask about, yeah, we all, <laughs> you read, uh, you read every bit of it. Uh, all 20 pages. Yeah. But, uh, but, but when you were, you know, back to the question of how, how do I license it? Right. Um, yeah, that's another example. Yeah. And that's how we're actually agreeing, just using the software, not even distributing. Or, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, just using iTunes or whatever else you're saying. Yeah, sure. I agree to whatever this says. Yeah. yeah whatever Facebook put in there is probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> just trust that. I think, I think it's safe. Yeah, well, why wouldn't you trust them? Right. What is the license? So, like the, the pictures I post in Facebook, that belongs to them, doesn't it? They own that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they say they can use it in any advertising, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the the whole do no evil. They took that and multiplied it by negative one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like whatever the opposite of what that guy's doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you might see my face on a billboard one day, like advertising for you know. Uh, getting dental work. There it is. <laughs> wow, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as it's like, not like that uh, one episode of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, The teeth whitening? No, 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 no. Wasn't there the one episode of Friends where uh, Joey saw his uh, picture being used for an STD advertisement? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Let's nobody do that to Joe. Obscure please. references to uh, old sitcoms. I'm just imagining a billboard with my face on that says "Tired of online dating." Hey, <laughs> 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 ladies, uh, uh, awesome. All right, uh, we also have on here. What are compatible licenses? This is a deep, deep question. Um, seek legal counsel. <laughs> I swear, it, it's a. Uh, like we already I mentioned, think that's when two licenses meet and they fall in love. Yeah, right. Yeah, we already mentioned the GPL. They later show up on a billboard. Yeah, the GPL and the MIT. If you touch those two together, it comes out GPL. So, you know, one chromosome was stronger than the other. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, th- this topic's pretty, pretty involved and. You know, just just be aware that there are ramifications depending on what you what licenses you're trying to combine. The outcome could be crazy. Can you imagine trying to distribute something like a you know a, a set top box that's running Linux? Uh, all the different software on there. There's going to be tons of different licenses, and you've got to make sure that you comply with all of them. And that's uh, that's quite a task. Yeah, you better just patent that box and and hope that 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 works right. Not the software, the box. Now, <laughs> yeah, but if the software under it's GPL. No, nah, but you can patent the box, not the software. That's what I'm... Right. Again, it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into patents. Now, if yeah. your code was all GPL in the box and you released it all, um, yeah. then you're all right. Yeah, patent the box, let the code all be open. I mean, that's probably the way you go about that. Yeah, see, if all code was GPL, then we wouldn't have this kind of problem. <laughs> yeah, everybody just gives up the trade secrets right on. Yeah, that's basically what would have to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would be like Star Trek. Yeah. Yep. Free software foundation. Yeah. Read all about it. So, so what about these funny licenses? Yeah, we came across some some pretty funny licenses out there. Unfortunately, um, especially if you look at the um, Do No Evil license by Douglas Crockford, um, the guy famous for uh, the JavaScript, the good parts, and JS Min, and JS Lint, and a couple other cool tools, he actually got a lot of flack for writing this Do No Evil license. Um, which basically just says that, like, um, use this however you want, just don't do evil. Um, the problem is a lot of people are afraid to use that software because, you know, they're they're not sure what legally constitutes evil. 
and they don't they don't really want that coming up in court. That's excellent. Yeah. Um. There's also and because we have this fairly what PG thirteen show here. Um. There's the WTF PL. Um. If you don't know what WTF is, just Google it. Uh. But there's that one. Basically, just do what you want. Yep, and there's also the notion of unlicensing, which basically just puts your work in the public domain, which means anyone could do whatever with it, including relicensing it, uh, making changes, stuff like that. I meant to say sublicensing, sorry. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about sublicensing simply because I don't really understand it that much, and I don't uh, do you guys. It can go underwater. That makes about as much sense as everything else I've read. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, the legalese we were reading for that stuff, I was just like, I give, whatever. Um, may, may, maybe one of the uh, the attorneys who happens to want to be a coder can reply into us at comments at Coding Blocks and let us know the folly of our ways here. But, you know. Um, so, moving on then, uh, let's get to our tips of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Bop, bop, bop. All right, so mine is a little trick that I've showed a few people. Um, apparently, Oracle has something where you can describe a table, and uh, it will tell you all the columns and everything like that in a table. Well, SQL Server um, doesn't really have a describe function or anything like that. But what it does have in uh, SQL Management Studio is if you are in the database that the table exists in, if you highlight that table name in your query window, and hold down the Alt and the F1 button at the same time, it'll basically spit out all the information about that table, which is really cool. So you get your columns, you get the the um, data types and all that kind of stuff. So if you just quickly want to see what's in the table without having to hunt through the uh, Explorer window and expand everything, that's a really quick, nifty tip that a lot of people don't even know about. Yeah, that's nice, especially um, autocomplete doesn't seem to work very well for me for some reason, so I'd love to just all F1 and see what the stupid column's called. You either? Well, I know Mine's that, horrible. Uh, you know, go, going back into the, you know, m- my IBM past, uh, you know, DB2 had a feature that I, I've never understood why other databases didn't provide it as easily. But, uh, yeah, it was just a describe keyword. You could just type in describe and, uh, you know, enter in a SQL statement and boom, there's all the information about that table. Oh, you said about result. the whole SQL statement. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, I mean, more often than not, like uh, like the way I, I use it a lot of times as a shortcut was just like trying to remember, like, what does that table look like? Mm-hmm. And so I would just, you know, describe SelectSAR from blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Um, but if you if you included like only... Uh, Joins or something, it would do that too. Yeah, right? or if you, if you, uh, you know, narrowed down your column set, you know, you were going to change it. That's pretty cool. I know MySQL has a describe statement. You can actually do describe table and it'll spit out the column information, but... But yeah, again, it's pretty cool for I SQL know, Server. S- store procedures out there that somebody's going to come back with. Like, uh, well, I, you, yeah, you can also God, select star from information schema.com. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. But, you can but do, the Alt but F1, though, is a fantastic trick. It's a quick shortcut, and it is really nice if you're just in the, in the heat of the moment and you're frustrated. You just want that information. So that's mine. All right, mine is actually Agent Ransack. It's a free version of File Locator Pro uh, by Mythic Software. And uh, it's really awesome. It's almost like grep for Windows. You can do lots of really cool searches, like uh, including regular expressions, and it'll actually bring up the files that match you know, the text you're searching for. Shows you some snippets around that line, um, so you can get a kind of a sample of the context. And 
and it's free and it, it even employs a pretty sophisticated caching if i remember correctly so uh, if you're doing like multiple searches trying to kind of refine that down then it's it's really good and really fast and free and what license <laughs> you know i couldn't actually find an explicit license other than it's just saying this is free for use and yeah. uh, it's not open source it's actually freeware it's just yeah. free yeah yeah freeware yeah. so fantastic so uh my my uh, tip of the week here would be using the attach to process feature within visual studio. So if you're not already aware of this feature, um, let's say for example, that you are working on a, uh, you know, a, a web project and you, you want to debug something and under normal circumstances, you could just, uh, you know, go, go up to, uh, the debug window and click on start debugging or hit F five or click on the start button. Uh, you know, but, that's going to spawn up a new uh, worker process and, you know, a new, uh, um, or not, not a new worker process, but it's going to compile it and everything and then spawn up a new browser to get you into that. Takes and, forever. And, the, and there's some time that's going to be delayed there, right? So uh, if you just already want to attach to the worker process that's already more likely than not already running on your system, you can go to the debug menu, um, click on attach to process, and then a list of processes will be uh, presented. You can pick the one that you want to attach to, which in the case of uh, a web project, you're going to be looking for a W3 uh, WP process. And uh, you could highlight it and then click the attach button. And then in one of your other browsers, Windows, doesn't matter which window, anything that would go to your uh, web projects URL is going to be running through that. So any breakpoints that you have, you're going to get, uh, it's going to stop at. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of like debugging on a remote machine, except it's local and you get to uh, save that build step, which can be pretty lengthy. Yeah. It, it, it can shave off half the time. Uh, with that, we'll be, uh, we'll be putting our, our links and show notes in the show notes and everything, making that available for you on, uh, codingblocks.net slash episode five. Bam. So subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and more using your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit us at codingblocks.net where you can find our show notes, examples, discussion, and more. Send your feedback, questions, and rants to codingblocks. Comments at codingblocks.net. Wow, it's been uh, it's been rough. Send your <laughs> comments and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Drinky, drinky, I think is done. <laughs> um. Oh, and a couple other things. Uh, come follow us on Twitter at Coding Blocks. And uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Coding Blocks. And also come up to our site and subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we've got a few people joined uh, and uh, we want more. Uh, bring it up and uh, definitely uh, share with your friends, family, anybody else who's interested in coding. And we got anything else? Uh, let us know what you think. We mentioned it a few times already, and so uh, as you might have gathered, this is pretty important to us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Without that, you know, we don't really know how we're doing, and uh, we don't know how to make it better. Yeah, and and I mean, that feedback can either come through the website, you can do it on iTunes, do it wherever. But you know, please leave us some honest feedback. It doesn't even have to be good feedback. It could be a rant. Yeah. But yeah. if you're going to do a rant, don't leave it on iTunes. You know, do that through our site or something. You know? Yeah, five-star review and then email <laughs> us your complaints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good stuff public, bad stuff private. There we go. We got it. All right. Now that we've got what all that clear. What license is that idea? Yeah, yeah. MIT, that one. That's baby. the do no evil license. <laughs>
Uh, and that was comments at puddingblocks.net. Yep, I don't know if we ever got it out there. Yeah, yeah. Right. And at some point, I think we might have. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. think if you were to like, piece it all together, it got there. Yeah, yeah. It's the, so, uh, yeah, man. Hope everybody enjoyed. Peace. <laughs>